Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, guys. Welcome to this very special episode of Flats and Shanks. Guys and girls, excuse me. Well, you know, it's a term you use for everyone, really, don't you? Yeah, of course you Yeah, do. of course. It's a special episode today. Why? It's your birthday. It is, yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. How old? 39. Four- oh, okay. 39. 39. I think people have, some, some of my friends have been a bit annoyed the last year or so when they found out that I was only 38, because I look older, everyone thinks I'm older, but I'm actually very young. I did actually think that the weekend because you had a close shave yeah you know I actually literally you've had a close shave you know you've not let yeah. it grown out yeah. I think you actually did use a razor possibly no no okay fine um but you did look a little bit younger because you didn't have that sort of gray beard bushy yeah. beard yeah but I'm never that bothered about looking old no I know but you were looking slick um as a was I yeah so oh thanks that's your birthday present oh thank you because I haven't got anything else because you're not on Facebook properly that's why yeah, that's. I mean, that's how everyone knows about birthdays. Yeah, like, of course it is. Find out and don't forget their friend's birthday because uh, it's on Facebook and you get reminders. But you know, also, got, I don't want to generalise here, but blokes aren't that bothered. You no, you've got a bit of a private profile going on on Facebook. Have I? Um, I'm not allowed to tag you in anything either. Aren't and you? Some cracking stuff I want to tag you in. What like grotty videos and stuff? Just big guys eating. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to tag bubs and everything else instead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cars, motorbikes, yeah, eating, watches, lawnmowers done. But how are you? How how do you feel on this special day? Do you remember what time you were born? No, no. Um, I know that I was baby of the month in the Kent Messenger. Were you? Yeah, January nineteen eighty. Because I um, I was quite a large baby, but I was a very quick baby, and they I think they said something along the lines of. We haven't seen many babies fight to get out, but he drove his way out. And there was also I was also described as um, the only baby the uh, doctor had ever seen, the midwife had ever seen, uh, with calf muscles. <laughs> straight on the comfort milk, though. Yeah, straight on. Fill you up. Legs like Gary Lineker said. <laughs> said no, thank you. A um, little bit of information for your ears, your listeners' ears. Um, 
for your rears. Yeah, we're working with Matchpoint, okay, to run a Six Nations score predictor. Yeah. Okay, so that's coming up. Um, this will be a specific league table for Flats and Shanks listeners only. Mm. And get this, right? Get it. You can set your score predictions for each game by calling the winner and by how many points they're going to win by. Mm. We've got a league as well, Flats and Shanks, so you can see how clever you are against the big boys. Which is you and me. Which is you you're and not me. Gonna, you're not going to beat us. I had a great accumulator coming at the weekend. You did, didn't you? Massive. However, yeah, tell us all about it. Well, I just bet on really all of the Champions Cup fixtures. I bet on the favourites and the ones that really needed to qualify. Put a tiny bit of money on because bet responsibly. And Was it like 54p you put on? Around that, yeah. And I've already spent the money. I've already spent my winnings. Yeah, because you text me, he texted me last night, listeners, that he'd won three grand off 50p. And I was like, no way. He goes, oh, sorry, I meant 300. <laughs> I was over the moon for you as well. Bought myself a new M4 driver, tailor-made. Did uh, you? Yeah, guys, let me know if anyone's got one and what they're like. But Is it? Well, you haven't used it yet, obviously. I can hit the ball a mile. Yeah, but you only got the money last night. You haven't hit it yet, have you? No, you're right. You haven't got the club yet, have you? But anyway, back to match pint. Um, if you're within seven points of the final score, you unlock a pint during the week. And yeah. if you're spot on, you can claim it there and then. There and then. Um, yeah, so it's like round by round, this competition. So every week is a chance to like get yourself pints. But it actually, you don't need to be in it from the start. You can join any week you want. Ideally, start from week one, but you don't have to. You can just join in whenever you like. There's also five pairs of tickets to be won each week. Yeah, and it's not, um, it's not, it's live from this Wednesday to the 23rd of Jan, but it's not one of those things that if you miss the first week, you're knackered because you don't accumulate points. It starts again every week, so just join no, Exactly, and you need to download the Match Pint app, and we will get that on our Twitter feed mm. so you guys can do it. Um, get on the Pint Predictor and then click Leagues and join the Flats and Shanks. By the way, it's not and, it's an ampersand, so it's that funny thing that looks like an eight, Flats, ampersand, Shanks. Yeah. Makes it easier, by the way. Yeah, so make sure you get on that. And take us on, but just, I mean, we, we want you to do well, we want you to join in, uh, but you're not going to win. So it's, it's one of those things that only sort of pick fights you think you can win. I've you're often not, thought about not, setting up my own betting company, that's how good I am. Yeah, you're not going to win, but join in and see how much you lose to us by. It can still be fun. Hmm. Uh, another bit of information that we have to deliver yeah. is that we, again, for the second year running... We'll be doing the ITV Six Nations pod. Oh, yeah. Wallop. Yeah, we'll still do Flats and Shanks pods those weeks, but they won't. There'll be there's other ruggers going on, but we do the ITV stuff for the Six Nations. It'd be yeah. lush, wouldn't it? Yeah, we can't talk about the Six Nations on the Flats and Shanks, but it will be a Six Nations fest on the ITV pod. We've got loads of guests coming on, some real, well, top we've got, level. We've got Barack Obama, we've got Usain Bolt, we've got Donald Trump. Um, Alan Fiona Bruce Alan yeah. Shearer and Rory um, Bremner for the impressions Rory Bremner and Mick Hucknell can't wait it's going to uh, be amazing loads of stars coming on so make sure when that is available you'll download it again we'll let you know Cliff Richard wouldn't have any of it would he no and Eamon Holmes you think Eamon Holmes seems like such a nice bloke Ruth won't let him Ruth won't let him he's absolutely absolutely spanked isn't he yeah such a shame whipped uh, spanked is the wrong word of, might be spanked a little bit of information for you right. I've had a very quiet weekend didn't do anything. Just a little bit of rest and recovering. R and R. Why? Had a little operation. Hang on a minute. Hang on. Do you have Jabatan? <laughs> Why well, am I looking good? 
Yes. Yeah, thank you. Did they jab a tan into you? No, no. Right. Um, I know what you had. Why don't you tell our listeners what you okay, had? Okay, out of a sec to me. Who? Uh, yeah. I got, I've been thinking about this. I think they should. They got it the wrong way round. They should call it the male one a hysterectomy, and the female one a vasectomy. Can I? <laughs> <laughs> Fansectomy. Um, yeah, fansectomy. Uh, yeah. So, how was it? Um, have you ever watched Braveheart? I'm sure you have. Yeah. Uh, think about the last scene when he's captured and he's on the table getting quartered. Yeah. It's a bit like that. I always imagine it like in James Bond where he's on that moving stretcher thing and he's strapped down and he's moving towards that bandsaw. It's always, was it a laser? Or a it's laser, like something finger. like that. So, um, what, yeah, what? so... Um, I mean, you put it down, you've got to take all your clothes off. I kept my socks on. Of course you did. You always do. You, you always like, did, didn't you? Let's go get cold feet. Yeah. Um, and then they bring you into a little operating room. It's a doctor's surgery. It's very easy. And then... So they put anesthetic into your balls. So they just, they just whip up the gown straight away. And then it's, you know, it's quite awkward because they just whip the gown up. They move your bits to the side. They, they get themselves prepped. They put a dye on it a lot. And well, they move one bit to the side, not all and, of it. Um, it. you know, it's... I thought, right, I can't have this. This is this is just too awkward. It's too much of a silence. So I said, uh, I said, oh, guys, it's normally a little bit bigger, but I think I've got a bit of stage fright. <laughs> and there was a woman and uh, and two blokes in there, and uh, I said, oh, guys, you know, what's it like doing the job you love? You know, <laughs> not many people get that, but you know, given vasectomies. If you could find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> given ten vasectomies a day, wow, got it made. Uh, so had that done and just relaxed, mate. Watch Champions Cup rugby. Did you? Yeah, yeah, but hang on. Let's talk about the the snip. What do they do? Uh, they inject you with some local anaesthetic first. first Into um, your walnut whip. Yeah, yeah. But you know, obviously, being solid like I am. Excuse me. Uh, not at the time. <laughs> I, not at the time. I presume. All right. Being hard like I am. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stops you falling out of bed, doesn't it? Yeah, I said, I'll oh, just don't bother, guys. Just crack on, save time. <laughs> no, that was probably the, that's a little bit sore, but that's fine, mate. You know, it's um, you know you're tough. I've had enough injections, enough ops. But what do they? What, what's ops. the actual procedure? They go in and do they? They, go in, they, they find the tube. There's a there's I don't know the name of the tube. There's a tube, and they cut it and then burn both ends and then stitch you back up. Keep the stitches small. Do they? Mm. Can I have a look? Uh, in a bit, yeah. Uh, there's obviously a little bit of bruising. But you got up a minute ago from the chair and you were like, ooh. Sometimes it catches. Wear tight pants. That is key. But yeah, um, not not as bad as I thought at all. Oh, so, really? Yeah. It wasn't awkward when they like saw your willy or anything like that? No, the only awkward bit is when they started getting the camera out. <laughs> Here I am with Shanks. All right, Shanks? Yeah. Where's Flirts? <laughs> I walked in there. They said, right, take all your clothes off. I said, all right, where should I put them? I said, oh, right next door, us. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, God. Um, so, very quiet. What, you, what were you up to this weekend? Oh, don't ask. Okay, I won't. Uh, well, it's funny you should ask, Tom. Um, bit of a, a bit of a logistical weekend. So, did a, went over to Munster for the Chiefs game. Did see. Um, it's good actually. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that. But like later before on. that, yeah. So before that, our kid, I went to the rugby writers' dinner last Monday night. This is after we did our pod. Oh yeah, what's that? What's that about? 
Oh, it's it's to do with um, contemporary artists from Japan. No, it's rugby writers. It's good fun. I went sat with uh, the Quilter guys um, and Ugo, and that was it. Was really it was actually a really nice dinner. Loads of loads of nice people there. Had a nice chat with Stuart Barnes. Had a nice chat with uh, Sarima Geekin, um Hugh Godwin. Just some nice yeah. people. People what we like, and um, loads of loads of the lads are there as well, which is nice. And there was a good Q&A with John Mitchell did it, Geach did it, Warren Gatlin did it. And Warren Gatlin was like, um, he was late. I think he was having a poo when the Q&A started. So he got a big <laughs> cheer when he came in. He was gone a while, mind. He was sweating when he came back. And um, Nothing like, worse, so what do you reckon? So. He goes, I think if we win our first, if we win the, win the first game against France, we'll win the Six Nations. And everyone's like, Ooh. he's like, yeah, I do actually. And sitting three feet in front of him was Johnny Sexton, um, World Player of the Year, you know. So, but he... he Johnny Sexton did a little talk as well. It was it was really nice, nice evening. Um, Rob Vickerman there, eh? Rob Vickerman there. Vix was there. Yeah, sand gets everywhere. Yeah, gets where water can't. Yeah, it, Vix. Um, yes, yeah, so that was nice. Uh, and on on Thursday, I went to Mid Wales actually. Um, through it's lovely going over the Seven Bridge without having to pay. It's a lot faster. Feels like I'm getting paid, you know. Um, but I went for a Triumph motorbike day with George North. Ah, very nice. In Mid Wales at the Adventure Centre, they call it. So we go off-roading. Are you a better biker than him? No. No, he's better than me. I fell off, he didn't. Really? Yeah. What, did you forget to put your feet down when you stopped? Yeah. Like, like when you got cleats on, on a they racing bike? They were surprised by how athletically I fell off and rolled, like commando rolled, because I'm actually more coordinated than I look. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Like, I remember once we went on this... Uh, Cushion the fall, did you? Yeah, we were on this training trip with Bath, and we had a big game of football, and it was proper 11 v 11 on a full-size Astro. Yeah. And I was up front, because when I was a kid, I was called Dave the Goal, right? And I scored nine goals. I had 12 shots on goal and scored nine goals, and everyone was like, this is weird, he just keeps scoring. I was like, mate, I can play football... And I properly kept scoring, and they double marked me, so I was laying off, putting the other boys in, and in the end, I just using John Fashionu's strength, just drilling that ball, getting Did, getting past defenders, drilling that ball, the big big Rom Lukaku turn. Were you man marked more than Danny Kerr was man marked by Rob Vickerman at the Nordoff Robbins ball? Or was he? Yeah, was he into it? Well, I just I followed it on social, and Vix was just hounding Danny Kerr because oh, the night no. was about him. They were raising money for. His charity and his testimonial. Oh, no. It looked amazing. I, I couldn't, unfortunately, I couldn't make it, but he was very much like Paolo Maldini, just properly took him out of the game. Oh, no. Yeah. That's fixed for you, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, he was, Danny Kerr was wearing Rob Vickerman as a rucksack, was he, for the night? Mm. A nutsack. Excuse me? What? Um, yes, that was actually really good fun. And you get, so you don't, you do some crazy stuff like you, you're on gravel, it's wet. What, like a skid? And cold. Yeah, but we did, we did the longest skid. And it's a funny thing because you're just on, you're on a dirt track. You're not on a mountain bike here. You're on an 800 or 1200 cc bike, and you're you got a you know 100 meter run up. So you could be comfortably doing 40, 50 miles an hour on gravel downhill, and you bang stamp on the brake, and the back end fishtails about, and it's just how comfortable you are with that. So you end up doing 40, 50 meter skids. It felt like cool. Is it's it was really it cool. you that had the nickname in school skid mark, or was it something I think that was else? me? Okay, crocodile slide. <laughs> So that was good fun. But you do, it's not actually about ragging bikes. You do a little bit, but it's actually about slow bike control and stuff like that. And it's, yeah, it was wicked. And George is actually a really good rider um, and a lovely man. So that video will be out at some point soon, I think. But 
Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, then flew over to uh, flew over to Ireland then and did the Munster thing, which we'll talk about later on. Came back sun, but thing is, boy, Munster game finished as soon as went off air. I literally said goodbyes and ran from pitch side, ran to the. No, taxi. you didn't run, did you? I did. I actually ran. Oh, I wow. physically, literally ran. Not Nolly, <laughs> Nolly is getting in the taxi. Someone's grabbed my bag for me. Jump in the taxi, go to try and make the flight to get back because Nolly and I had a really early start Sunday morning in Bedfordshire. Mm. which is quite a long way from Limerick. So a bit of a, you know, a bit of a weekend of it, but nice. You made the flight. Made it. Got to Bedfordshire. Went to Bedfordshire. Went to Bedfordshire. Um, Nolly and I were both hungry, uh, but hotel biscuits were all we had at that time of night. And then a bit of club duvet and then wake up. So we shared them, because obviously we share a room. Why why wouldn't you? Um, Yeah, so got that, went up to uh, St. Neat's Rugby Club yesterday in Bedfordshire with Quilter. It was really nice. Another little thing to mention, we, we, you and I, you and I, will be at the Guinness Ultimate Fan Zone in London Bridge. Yeah, Flatiron Square. On Tuesday the 12th of February and Tuesday the 5th of March. Um, tickets go on sale this week, right? So we don't have the link yet. When we get the link, we're going to post it on Twitter. So make sure you're following it and you're checking it and refreshing your page regularly yeah. on Wednesday. We are very much looking forward to being there on the 12th of February and the 5th of March, respectively, two Tuesdays. We're also really looking forward to seeing you, plural. I mean, there are other people that are doing this um, Guinness Ultimate Fan Zone on different days, but you've got to come to ours. We're do- yeah, but we're It's going to be the best. It. We're doing it on these days, on 12th, 12th of Feb and the 5th of March. We're doing it and we're going to muck about. Um, we're going to keep it serious and muck about and keep it loose and keep it tight yeah I'm going to spread out in a bunch it's going to be great you can even book the Shanklin Inn pub to watch the game can you yeah with 14 mates uh, what you about don't, you don't have one yet don't I no not yet the Shanklin Inn is that a real thing The Shank, what is the Shanklin Inn genuine question um, it's just where dreams become reality <laughs> what is it it's just, a, it's just a pub mate it's just a pub that but I haven't got one why have you got one left handed drinking only Buffalo thumb master straight arm Mr. Freeze. Why, what? Genuine now. Why have I not got one and you have? Wow. Dear you listener, know. you're thinking this is, uh, this is some sort of planned role play. I actually didn't know Shanks had his own little pub that you could book and I Just, didn't. Yeah. I'm not quite as on top of life as Shanks is. But, but tickets are priced at £5 um, and that's just to enter the village. If you want to enter the clubhouse on match days, that's priced at £10 um, and it includes... A complimentary pint of, guess what? Guinness. Guinness. Guinness, Guinness right. Paltrow. Or if you don't like Guinness, you can have the Hop House 13, which everyone is an alternative. Likes, everyone likes Guinness. Oh, so I had some Guinness in, uh, Guinness in Limerick with Miles Harrison. And did you like it? Something happened to me, Tom. What? Miles said, we better, we got to the hotel late on Friday night, and Miles Harrison said, we better have a pint of Guinness. And I said, you're dead right. So I got, them, I got the blimmin' rounding because I'm a lad. And... He stood up about five minutes later and he was like, I'm going to get you another. I said, oh, great. He said, because you are drinking that incredibly quickly. And I realized he'd had about three or four sips of his thing and I'd done a whole pint. And it's because I did that thing you shouldn't do, which was quench your thirst. <laughs> I was really thirsty, but ended up having three pints in about 20 minutes, which actually sent me off to sleep quite nicely. Thirsty I am. <laughs> I like um, but there will be a host of rugby legends, old and new, showing up at the Guinness Clubhouse. Um, the pub is hired out exclusively for you and your mates. Um, as I said, make sure you get down um, to our one. I reckon... Um, 
of all the people listening. They've got the Greenwood Tavern. They've got Jim's Bar, the Shanklin Inn, O'Driscoll Arms. I'm in good company there, apart from Jim. Apart, I think of all the people Hamilton, listening, that is. Uh, my mate Stevie Gal, Steve Gallagher, will do the Shanklin Inn pub. Oh, brilliant. He came to the live pod at Twickenham. You know, those weirdos from Maidstone. That yeah, and you know what I'm like on you know, team socials. Oh, you'll be absolutely just, I mean, lad, won't you? Just Tina Turner, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> the best. Brent, you'll be, you'll be the... Oh, no point in. The lash banter brie <laughs> of Canterbury. You'll be amazing. To my left. <laughs> uh. I'm Tiger Woods. Wallop, <laughs> stiff arm, throaty, wedgie him. One frog jumped into the pond. Black, uh, he white, didn't jump. Black, 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 white, white, black. Um, here's a question for our listeners. If anyone could give me a definitive and actual answer, not uh, conjecture, please, or opinion. Is Guinness different in Ireland from Guinness here, really? It tastes better. Well, you think it does. Is this psychosomatic? Possibly. Or does it? I want to know, does it? That's the point. Well, is it going to lose any of its flavour being shipped over from Ireland where it's made? Well, surely they make it elsewhere, don't they? Some, some factories around yeah, the world. Yeah, okay, they? but, you know, it's Ireland is the home of it. That's what I'm saying. You know, does cow's milk taste better from the udder? Or do you like it? When I've always found it from, from the other, yeah. Yeah, same. Um, I was going to tell a really inappropriate story. Don't know if I should or not. No, don't. Don't. Just remember. No, it's not that bad. Okay. Cut it out if it's that bad. I've got, when I was quite a lot younger, like I was in my 20s, I've got a friend who, they got, they got pregnant, she got pregnant, married with their second baby, and we were at dinner talking about breast milk. She said, you can try it if you want. So I said, let's do it because she was breastfeeding at this point, because um, she got pregnant, she had a baby rather, and I thought she was going to put it in a glass, and she said at dinner to, take, to a couple of us, take it from the draft, and the husband, who I won't name, because you know him as well, said, I don't care, go for it. So we did. Colostrum. That's the only reason you're doing it, isn't it? Put the calves on me, that's how it happened. Yeah. All right, well, where? you tell me about that one later, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Okay, great. Yeah, it was Danny Grucock's wife. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, it's it. Just write down. You get you get about three inches away from the draft, and you get your jaw broken. Either give me, just give me a surname, and I'll find her. Cheers. Hip kiss. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just asked me about uh, Daddy Hip kiss this morning. That's why it came to mind. It wasn't that. It was not Danny Hip kiss's missus. Just so okay. You know. It wasn't. It actually wasn't. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, so. We'll start where you were in Tormund Park. Tormund Park. What was the atmosphere like there? I was bumping. It was absolutely bumping, Tommy. You um, were with Channel 4, weren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, the atmosphere was fab. Just, It's just um, a wonderful place to go watch sport, actually. Um, Quite it, intimidating, I think, with because it is just a sea of red, isn't it? I know it's yeah, it's just so loud. It's... It's so loud. Like I, I always think Exeter Chiefs is a great atmosphere, and mm. but it's, this was a different gravy, to be honest. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. it I mean, the, the truth is, it it wasn't a brilliant game of rugby. It was just a brutal game of rugby. Yeah, like, it was so I'm, physical. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because there was a huge amount of pressure on. Yeah, and there's riding, loads of it? people saying, you know, why weren't Exeter going for points? Why weren't they going for uh, shots at goal? But they well, had I was to win one of those by, people. They had to win by um, a bonus point. Well, actually, actually, they had to win and deny Munster a bonus yeah. point. Is what they had to do. So they didn't need a bonus point. So it wasn't just about winning by one point or two points. You know, they actually had to try and put Munster to bed. So that's obviously why they were going for the corner. But three penalties and you've done it. You know. Yeah. Can't yeah, maybe, thinking. maybe. I but it was, like, I really enjoyed it because it was brutal and because there wasn't much space out there because both teams were really organised. A lot of box kicking. Mm. You know, you basically, was it was just box kick, recover, box kick, yeah. recover, box yeah. kick, recover. And both teams really just didn't want to make mistakes. Yeah. And they were trying to force the other team to make mistakes and just try and put pressure on via, you know, line speed and defence. But I yeah. did, I did really enjoy it, even though... There was only one try from Don Armand. I really enjoyed from the game. half a meter. Yeah, yeah. It's actually surprisingly poorly defended that by they left Connor Murray to hit yeah. Armand. You know, with with his mate bolting on. And the problem you got there, and you see that a lot sometimes. It's actually really clever, I think, from forwards to pick out the backs because when your head's down, you're picking up the ball. You're not often looking at what's in front of you. I was thinking, don't drop it, don't knock it on. Yeah, but you, you can't often see that you actually got a back or a yeah around you and that's what you want to target um, but when you're in that position on your line it's really difficult sometimes to swap in and out because you start swapping in and out there uh-huh. someone picks and goes as you're doing it you're gone it's, yeah. it, it is a lot of technique as well you know, there's two options you either try and force them back sort of using your legs and and you're sort of driving them back because the player's going to go low and you know you're going high. You've got to try and move them back just by walking them back, basically, or you just get underneath them and try and roll them. Yeah, I used to think you always. I used to try and when I was defending pick and goes near the line like that, I would almost take half a step, would be half a step wider from the breakdown. So then you haven't just got to barrel them completely backwards, yeah. try and knock them back into the breakdown because then you've got a built-in obstacle for them. So I would try and do that, but also it really helps if you've got a scrum half who batters people. So yeah. if you've got Mike Phillips. Remember picking and going against Mike Phillips, and it's like picking and going into a seven, really, or sometimes harder because he had more energy. But guys, we played with, I played with, 
I remember Kieran Bracken, small guy, just used to batter people like so hard. And Michael Clarsons at Bath, it mm. was just like, it was like having an extra flanker. But if you hold them, if you hold a player up on the line, then you know the next attacking player is going to be on the hip and on the yeah. backside, and he's just going to drive. So it's really you, you just have to get low, or you have to roll them. And you got, or you got just got a Jimmy nail them, haven't you? Yeah. Um, um, I but, thought um, Carberry was quite quiet. I did, yeah. He's been brilliant over the last month. For he's carved up, carved up. Yeah, okay. but it was a little bit that. quiet. Always love watching Keith Earls play. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. You know, there wasn't a standard. Um, Tagburn is is amazing. Do you know, Tagburn was the best player on that field, but... I thought Holland came on and made a massive difference as yeah, well. Yeah, I did. But do you know who... I would pick ahead of Tyburn is Peter Romani. Mm. The guy is, he's just the most competitive guy I watch play on a weekly basis. Like he is so fired up and he's so like all in mm. that the noise is nuts in that stadium. When they're announcing the team every, you know, at loose yeah. every got even at Kilcoy, and they are Amani and everyone just goes nuts. Did like, you see, or were you stood next to Farrell at all? 13. He is enormous. Right, he? He's enormous. Like he he could yeah, Matt Banahan would fit in his pocket. He is massive. There's two Farrells in centres at the moment, one at Connell and um obviously Munster. And mm. um, when they faced each other recently in the um in the festive derbies, Connell Farrell sort of had the, the, the upper hand, hand really. he had the but, wood on him. But yeah, Farrell is absolutely massive for Munster. Huge, huge, absolutely huge. Yeah, I couldn't quite believe how big he was actually. I'd, I'd obviously seen him play on telly only actually. I hadn't seen him play live and I, I was with Jamie Heaslip and I said, that isn't... I said, yeah, it is. I said, God, he's enormous. Really like watching Jack Noel at 15 as well. Just like watching him full stop. How, I, mean, how I want him to play playoffs so he gets the ball more. How busy is he at 15? Yeah, but I suppose at 15 he does get the ball more and he looks so dangerous when he runs. I, I don't think he's a seven, but... Of course he's not. I think he's a better 15. I mean, why, that, why has Eddie Jones said that, Tommy? Just say something outrageous, get people talking. Worked, doesn't it? Here we are. Yeah, but I wouldn't say it's worked in a positive way. No, I'm not sure. Only, only Austin Healy's really taken any credit because he mentioned it a few years ago in a tweet. Yeah, for me, it's no different from saying Brian O'Driscoll's got over the ball, let's put him in the back row. Yeah. It's like, if you're a top-class seven, would wipe the floor with Jack Noll. However, he is a... Hell of a player. I'm not saying he's not durable. He does get injured a fair bit, but yeah. you have to be incredibly durable to be a seven because you just get battered in every contact. The yeah. amount of pressure going through your neck, your back, because you're in that position where you're vulnerable, and people are just taking running yeah, charges at you. Yeah, bend over and no put your, put, oh, go on, do as you're told, and put your head between your knees, and then let a couple of twenty stone blokes run at you and knock you to pieces. Do mm. that thirty times. That's very different from playing fullback or 13 or wing <laughs> yeah. and nicking the occasional ball. And, Completely. You know, if you put a prop on the wing or at fullback, apart from the fact that he would look stupid and get skinned, his hamstrings couldn't take it, his calves couldn't, you couldn't run as much. You just couldn't. Your body isn't used to it. Someone like Ian Witten or Brad Barrett, you know, they end up in a lot of contacts yeah. and they carry the ball a lot into contact. They clean a lot in the contact. I wouldn't even think they would fancy playing seven. No, they couldn't. You couldn't put Brad at seven. The thing is, you look at Brad Barrett and you wouldn't know he'd made a lot of tackles or carried a lot of ball up, would you? Because his face is... <laughs> oh, no, that's right. He looks completely different from how he did 10 years ago. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, I was watching him at the weekend and I know we're jumping on a bit, but 
I just, you're not allowed to have sporting heroes in our job, but I just think if I played in the same team as him, I would just worship that guy because he's just an absolute, he's just so reliably competitive and solid. Yeah. I think he's great. Yeah. He's just great. But yeah, Peter Romani, goodness me. Goodness me. Just so competitive. You can hardly believe it. He was out on his feet after 50 minutes. He looked ruined and you're like, he's never going to make it. And he just keeps hitting. Just keeps hitting. Magic Amazing. sponge, mate. That's what happens. That's it. The magic sponge on you. That's it. Bit of deep heat spray. Squirt, squirt someone in the eyes. That will sort me out. Uh, Glasgow put up a real good fight against Saracens. I don't think the score really reflected the game. Um, it was quite but a that's close That's the point, start. Tommy. That's what great teams do. Yeah, they no, I agree. I agree. Suddenly they've done you by 20 points. But, you know, you know, for people that haven't watched the game, they're just looking at the results. You know, Saracens 38, Glasgow 19. It looks like Saracens have pretty much yeah. dominated that whole game. But yeah. that wasn't the case at all. Um, you know, Seymour scored early, Ali Price scored, and Ali Price is it's quite unlucky that Greg Laidlaw's captain for Scotland. Yeah. Because you won't see too much of Ali Price. You might see him come off the bench, but he's on form at the moment. So is Henry Pier- uh, Pergos yeah. for Edinburgh. Both on good form. So Laidlaw's just automatic. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Um, I've started to see actually over the last couple of years really how how important he is I think as well he's really especially when you've got a player like Finn Russell at 10 who's a maverick and I mean that in, in a complimentary way you know he's he tries different things you know he's really elusive he's really creative I think I actually think Laidlaw is a really good match for him just a steady head yeah it's funny he, he doesn't make many breaks he's not like a an elusive scrum half, is he, where he's always sniping, but, you know, he, he kicks well, he controls the game well, he controls the speed, and he just reins in Finn Russell a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, you hate when I say that, don't you? I think that's a really good point. Like, I remember playing with Butch James, who was one of the greats, you know, won the World Cup and that sort of stuff, and he wasn't quite, yeah, he probably was quite as maverick as Finn Russell, because Butch just did what he wanted. Yeah. And he could do anything. He could do everything. And when he had the ball, he was just an amazing player. And actually what he used to say, he said, I want my nine. So Michael Clarsons, you've got a nine who if you leave a hole, he can make a break. So you've got to watch him. But actually, I just want the ball where I want it, when I want it. And if you've got a maverick inside a maverick, actually you're, you start, you're actually going to, it's not going to be consistent enough for anyone else to work when off. When it works, boy. Yeah, great, but actually it can be too easy to defend. Yeah. So Clarsen's had a great pass and he just, it, you know, 15 out of 16 breakdowns would have been just a bullet pass to Butchie and then maybe have a go. But it was just get the ball to Butchie, really good service so the genius can work his magic, you know. So it's quite an interesting one because you watch Ali Price and you think, how can you not pick that guy? But actually, bet Finn Russell has to play because he's just fab and he's your out. So actually, you do need you do need someone who compliments your he's main guy. really well at Racing Metro as well. Yeah. 82, Finn Russell. And 92. 92. Catch Van Doos. 10 years Catch Van Doos, what we say in but, the No, it's he's properly fitting well there. Doing wonders. Yeah, he has his knee. Just, he just looks great. His all-round game is I just like, I, you know, I like seeing him when he makes mistakes. And he has a little smile to himself. And like, ha. yeah. I just think, well, he's he's just playing rugby. He just happens to be a really highly Especially paid pro. Especially at ten, you know, if you're making mistakes, you can't dwell on it. You know, if you get charged down, you got to just wipe it from your brain because, you know, you've seen it enough times. A ten that is just massively affected by 
missing a tackle yeah. or or making a huge mistake, you know, you can just see that there's nothing there when you're speaking to him, and yeah. you just got to wipe it, get on with your next job, and that he's brilliant at that. Do you remember the way he plays? He will make mistakes always. When you were playing, you weren't a maverick, were you? But you no, were more like ice solid than maverick, man. ice man, uh, to the goose, to Finn Russell's goose. But then you, if you, do you remember making a big cock up in a game like yours was probably. Missing a tackle on yeah. a 13 or something. Do you ever remember a mate missing a tackle? Not like when, like we've, we've all loved watching it when Rocco Coco stitches you up. There's nothing you can do about that really. But when you actually miss oh, a tackle you should have made. was off the bone, mate. And it cost you. <laughs> do you remember that? Do you remember making a horrible mistake and how you reacted afterwards? Yeah, I just got to... Well, you just... Tell us the mistake is what I mean. Um, God, there weren't many. Um... We only played seventy times. I don't know. I mean, you can you can generalize. You know, you miss a tackle, and then all you're thinking about the next time is getting your feet right, getting your body position right, making sure you got the right angle because that's where you get done a lot of the time. Is is either over chasing, leaving your inside um, too much of a hole on the inside, so when they step inside, you can't even get near them. So yeah, you just got you just got to think on your next job, and that's I suppose where you you're well conditioned a lot of the time is because some of the things are going on in the game that you just don't have time to think and dwell. Yeah. And those that do will just make a mistake again. And the worst thing you can do is, after one mistake, is make another. So you've really got to switch on. It's all concentration, mate, I reckon. Yeah. You know, you, you're concentrating, you're thinking about um, your, your angles, you're thinking about what shoulder you're hitting with, you're thinking about how you're going to approach your tackle, you're thinking about getting your legs close. Yeah. If all that is working well, then you're not going to make a mistake. But when you're tired that's when things happen because you stop concentrating. So, you know, after you made one, do not Sorry, make another. Sorry, I completely zoomed out then. What are you talking yeah. about? Um, also, uh, Atoji was just one of the best games I've seen him play. It's ridiculous. Dummy kick. Ridiculous dummy pass, player. Like 40 yards up the field. He's so dominant. Mm. He's so dominant. Even at that level, he's so dominant. And by the way, Alex Good just stepping in at 10 because Farrell hurt himself. It's like, Bear in mind, they got Lozowski on the bench and they picked good at 10 over him. Yeah. I mean, he is... We Everyone knows the special player that Eddie Jones doesn't want. Fine, it's sad for him, but that's the way it goes. Because, by the way, I bet you I bet you 20 quid Mike Brown starts in Dublin because he's playing great. But but Alex Good just steps in, does a really good job at 10. And I actually think he's a better player than he was two years ago. He should have been closer to England two years ago. I think he's actually getting better. If Alex Good was 20 years old, he'd be in the squad. Yep, um, but you know, is it is he the future of English rugby? Is he going to be in English rugby for the next ten years? No, no, and that 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 happens across the board, all teams. But he wasn't he wasn't picked when he was the right age. No, yeah, you know, because it's it's easy to say you why'd you pick Mike Brown? A lot of people do, but I tell you what, I've I've played in teams where it's really it's an interesting one. So I played in a team for a long a lot a long time with Matt Perry. I then played in a team for a long time with Nick Abendanen. And you and I played in a team for a long time with Thomas Castagnier at fullback. And you've got, say you've got the Abendanen or Castagnier, they are the scariest players to play against because they can cut you up, they can do anything, they've just got uber talent. Mm. Play against Matt Perry and you think, well, which opposition players were worried about Matt Perry? They probably weren't worried about him, but they absolutely knew they would never get past him. They, would, they couldn't take any liberties with him. There wasn't a shocker in him. There's hardly an error in him over the course of his over the course of a season. Yeah, and there is a lot to be said for playing with a guy like Nick Abendon who just changes the game for you. But also, when you play with a Matt Perry or a Mike Brown, that ball your your front your defensive line gets pierced. 
your defense, your midfield gets split and you get cut, or the ball gets kicked over your head, you can absolutely rest assured yeah. that you've got the best bomb disposal artist in the game on it. You know, like I was in, I was watching um watching with my ears, should I say, talk sport this morning. And they were talking about Marcus Rashford and how well yeah. he's been playing recently. And yeah. How that probably um maybe a year ago, you know, he'd have a couple of good games, he'd have a poor game, he'd be out. Yeah. Whilst now, you know, he's been given a chance. Been he's backed. been given a, a string of games. He's been backed, mm. exactly. And he's just seen the best from him and possibly the best striker at the moment in the Premier League. Yeah. It's interesting what you get when you... We've said it before in this pod. The thing about Saris is they bring through some good young players and, a, and part of that is they've got obviously a good coaches, good academy system. Part of that is that they've spent so much money over the years, creatively or not, we don't know on amazing players so that the young players have learned from world-class players, which helps. So Jamie George, look who he had, you know, John Smith and Skulk Brits, yeah. you know, to learn from. So there's all that stuff. So there are benefits to all this, but, but also they are willing to pick a young kid and stick him in mm. and let him play. And not, not because they have to, and they're down to the bare bones. They are willing to pick young kids and let them play. And at some point they'll pick Joel Kapoka in the second row, a few times in a row. And once they pick him three or four games in a row, he ain't going out the team. He is another special player they got there in the second round. You know, I like asking questions. Yeah. Munster yeah. finished top of their group. Have they got enough to take on Edinburgh? Yeah. Yeah, although... So it's Edinburgh-Munster, isn't it? Yeah. Cracking game, that. Like, yeah, I, I think Edinburgh will fancy that. Purely because I think Munster, we know Munster could go there and win. We kind of know that. Um, and atmospherically, it'd be better if it were being played at Toman Park, but that's the game. But I do think that Munster's attack didn't fire. I mean, it really didn't. So I think Edinburgh will be confident ahead of that game. Like, Munster haven't looked amazing in attack. I mean, they, they did against Gloucester, but when it really came on, yeah. Exeter put them under real pressure. Their attack really didn't fire any shots at all, hardly any shots at all. They They just got, they just battered their way to victory there. And Exeter didn't kick all their points. So as soon as Carberry got a shot, one shot, one kill, got it, game over. Yeah. I think Edinburgh will fancy that. I really do. And it'd be an amazing story if they reach the semis. I watched a little bit of Racing 92 and Scarlets. What a stadium it looks like to play in. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? it? Yeah, amazing. I love, I love it when... I love it when clubs like take take things forward like that, yeah. and properly innovate and just properly buy in and do something crazy. Because it's, if you put, imagine I was just because I'm being a bit bath centric. It's a spectacle I live now, here. isn't it? Yeah, just because I live here. But if you're Bruce Craig and you're seeing the stadium like that, I mean, he is desperate to. The wreck's great and we all love it, but it's a it's a dump really. Like most of it's a dump. Like the facilities are crap. Yeah, but people are creatures of habit. They like rugby clubs for a reason because it is a rugby club. Yeah, I mean it's but it's but it, yeah, it's wonderful. But I do. He's not trying to build something like that. But I do think, and some listeners might call me biased, but I'd be honest. I don't really give a monkeys. I, I think that you've got a crumbly old recreation ground, and you've got a bloke who's put fifty million quid to one side in a you know a high interest savings account willing to build an amazing stadium that not like not like the one at Racing of course it's not but something gorgeous in the middle of town it's like you just think I can't believe no one's letting him do it it's like he's not because you, you can't build what he wants he's got to build what everyone agrees that he can build in Bath but yeah. it's like he will even do that it's like 
he's literally put this money aside to build this amazing thing that the city can use and that it's just this it'll be it'll be incredible and there are god knows who they are but there are people that are stopping it happening you just think why would you do that well people have been talking a lot about saracens about leinster and their pedigree in this competition and yeah. them being favorites possibly munster and Edinburgh, to a certain extent, have sort of kick-started their season with this European campaign. But not many people talking about Ras in 92. And I'll tell you what, boy. They could do a job, because they've got Leone Nakarawa and Finn Russell. Yeah, him and off. Bakatawa. On the wing as well. Zebo, Juan him off, middle, middle initial K. Yeah. They've got a team with you missed the that. ability to do you it. You missed that. What? Juan him off, middle initial K. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> there's only one Juan Kim off anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll just listen to the team now his middle name's Tug isn't it <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they got they got players on players on players so yeah I mean absolutely they could go and you wouldn't expect Munster to win it I, I, I don't expect Munster to win it um, I don't expect Edinburgh to win it Racing could win it. Saris could win it. Leinster probably will win it. Yeah. That's where I'd go. Would you go with that? Yeah, I think you're right. Bath had a, a chance, really, to beat Toulouse. Yeah. Uh, the conditions didn't look the greatest, to be fair. A little bit of, little bit fortunate, I think, with the Rocker Dagooney try. Looked like it was potentially knocked on mm. prior. Mm. Um, not given. Doesn't matter. Not, not all are. Uh, Mercer comes back with a bulldozing run. Crashes over and he's quality, right. He's quality, isn't he? Yeah. But um, Toulouse just hold on. It's quite a bit of a bit of a situation at the end there. Their clock had about a minute to go. There's a penalty, just about reachable. They weren't sure what to do. Um, it was one of those kicks that the clock had gone eighty now by the time the ball was placed on the tee, and no one really in the world would have enough firepower to get the ball dead so it was always going to be in play yeah and um, you're just thinking oh right especially because I had a bet on a sensible bet I was thinking oh please please Bath don't run the ball back from their own line because you know we have seen that done before but lucky for me Rich Preeson tries to chip it (laughs) but it was it was a it was a close game and I I thought Bath did really well Um, you know they didn't give up whatsoever when it's quite easy to give up when nothing really on the line Um, but Represent themselves well. Uh, Clark looks really f- good at twelve. He's got he some does, wheels in him as well, especially when you see him covering back. But he you hasn't. Know, he's no slouch. He hasn't played that much because Jamie Roberts has been there, and he's yep. had, and he's also got wonderful hair. He's a great looking bloke. His dad's a top bloke, Nobby Clark. So I went on a bike ride with him. He did a ride across Britain. John O'Groats to Lands End with us. Yeah, and his dad's a, one of the most aggressive men I've ever met. Very well to do, posh, successful guy in the city, but unbelievably aggressive. And Andy Beatty in a pub one night in Bath, I went to get Nobby Clark, Max Clark's dad. He's a lot older than us. Max Clark's dad in a headlock. And I thought Nobby was going to kill him. <laughs> He's like, come here. And Beast got him in a, it's a friendly headlock. It's a lovely one. It's like a dog, like a big St. Bernard giving you a headlock. Yeah, I know what you mean. And um, yeah, I thought Nobby was going to kill him. Jonathan Joseph like back, which is good news. Yeah, he looked good, didn't he? Mm. Looked sharp. Um, Sean, I just like watching him defend. He just makes it look so easy. Sean Cronin, another two tries. Sean Cronin doesn't get a look in as a starter with Ireland, and I don't get it. Like, I 
I don't get it. Rory Best is mega, and apparently his scrum is excellent. But I've heard people say that Sean Cronin's scrummaging isn't up to it. I've played against Sean Cronin, and his scrummaging was really good when I played against him. I thought he was really good. Rory Best, I would say, is probably stronger in the yeah. scrum. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, about having two class players in your squad. And for me, you know, the, you, both of those players are going to feature during a game. There's no doubt about that. But who is going to make a big impact coming off the bench? Yeah. Sean Cronin is going to make a huge impact. He's yeah. carrying he, how powerful he is, the pace he puts on for a hooker. He's rapid. He could easily play 12. He sculpt Brits fast. Yeah, like, exactly. In his, in his day. Like, I, just, I just can't believe he hasn't started more games for Ireland. I know he got a ton of caps, but whatever. But I just think he's class. He's so hard to play against. Because mm. he's, so, he's, he's like trying to tackle a cannonball. He's just like a big keg, isn't he? No, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, you get a line out, hit, hit up in the middle um, by the backs, him coming around the corner on front football. Nightmare. Yeah. Nightmare. Like, and he's really low to the ground as well class. when he runs, he scuttles. Yeah, he's, he's a scuttler. Mm. Absolutely class. Yeah, another two tries. Top try scoring in the comp, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing really well. Yeah. Gary Ringrose as well. Yeah, I mean... There's not much you can... Who's your Lions 13? John Davis. Ahead of Ringrose? I think so, yeah. Because Wonder what it'll be in 2021, though. It, no, it might not be. Um, I think this is a huge Six Nations year yeah. for someone like Gary Ringrose. You know, if he, we know what a quality player he is, but you know he's got to outperform the best at the moment, which is John Davis. So that Wales Island game, which is the final game, which is a Super Saturday, you know, hopefully there'll be something on that. Hopefully, it'll be the Grand Slam decider. Can I say something to you now? Um, that is a matter. Yeah, what? I'm going to put a bet on the Six Nations. Okay. I don't know how to bet, though. I haven't got any apps or anything. But I'm going to, Yeah, but I'm going to give you 20 quid to put a bet on for me. Okay. And do you know what I'm going to bet on? You're not going to like... You're like this, but people at home, I'm going to bet on Wales to win the Six Nations. Just because Gatlin said. Because Gat said it, and he's my... He's no, my it did, but it's true. You know, Friday night, first game in the Six Nations, Wales v France. Yeah. It it is it's all momentum, isn't it? This it's a short competition. Yeah, you get a couple of weeks off in the middle, but you need to start big, and you carry on that form, you carry on that confidence. That just builds after every single game. Yep. You could go into this competition and you know be bottom favourites, bottom of the table, but you win one game, brilliant, started off well. You win a second game, then the momentum starts coming and coming. I mean, we've gone into it loads of times. Um, on the back of really poor seasons and done very well out of yeah. it. Um, before I forget, mm. on the 19th of March, yeah. there's a books, famous bookshop in Bath called Topping Bookshop. And there are loads of nice, cool guests in there, people who release books and whatever, just at the bottom of the hill here. And Stuart Barnes releasing a new book. And um, he's got the event, a launch event, with a bit of a talk and a bit of a read and stuff on the 19th of March. What, so he'll be reading to you from a chair? Exactly it. I'm going to sit cross-legged on the floor. <laughs> and I'm going to wear... I'm going to take him an apple. Put your hand up that. if you want to go to the toilet. I'm going to go to that. This is not a plug, by the way. Well, no. it is, but isn't, you don't know, think you have to pay to go. But do you want to come with me? Stuart Barnes' read. Then we're going to... He doesn't know this yet. Um, and he hasn't, he hasn't subscribed to this, but hopefully he'll go out and drink a bit of Rioja in town. Okay. Do you um, come? If I'm around, yeah. 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 Have a sleepover if you want. If I'm around, all right. I'm not right. checking. When is it again? Oh, 19th I can't. March. Oh, right. one. So, yeah. No, maybe. Okay. What would he be reading? His book, boy. Okay. Well, no, yeah. But would he be reading anything else? What do you want him to read? Like Operation 
No retreat, no surrender from Sierra Leone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want. Jilly Cooper Riders. Yeah, there you go. Um, are we done now? Yeah, I think so. All right, good luck. Thanks for your continued support, yeah? Yeah, thanks, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.